You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, Episode 9. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. All right, so the first question is, what is your name? (laughs) Um, My name is Cassandra Tobin. All right, and how long have you been working in CRM? Um, I've been working in CRM for just over a year. I started in September of 2013. Okay, awesome. All right, and what, so this question should be, I I imagine, relatively simple for you. Um, (laughs) What is the position you usually have when you're working a CRM job, and uh, what is the highest position you've attained? And by that, I mean field technician, crew chief, project manager, principal investigator, et cetera. Okay. Um, well, I'm an independent contractor, so um, I can work for you know whichever companies call me, which is, gives me some nice flexibility. Um, so most of the time, I'm actually working by myself. So I do the field tech work, and then I also write the report um, to send to the company, which writes the bigger report, the one that's actually submitted to whatever firm hired us. Okay. So I'm going to expand on this a little bit because you're sort of a unique case from the other people I've talked to. Um, were you always an independent contractor or did you start working for the CRM firms and, and doing field techs type stuff or, or what's what's the deal there? Um, well, actually, I started working for a big CRM firm um, last fall. And so I got a little bit of field tech experience under my belt um, just on a, a couple small projects. Um, and then one of my grad school colleagues and a really close friend of mine Um, got hooked up with this other company that was looking for a small crew to do a big three-week project. Um, So he brought me onto that, and we signed on as independent contractors. And since then, they keep calling me for jobs. So Yeah, nothing like working for yourself pretty much, huh? Right. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's um it's not as stable as it would be for a bigger CRM company. Um, but it does give me more flexibility. I, I'm home a lot more. I have I have to have two other jobs, which kind of sucks. Um, but it is nice to be able to work in archaeology when I can, and then be home a lot more than if I was a traditional field tech. All right. And where have you worked? Like, what states have you worked in? Um, I've worked in northern Wisconsin, in um, the north eastern peninsula of Wisconsin, mostly Door County area. Um, I've worked in all over Iowa and all over Illinois, too. Okay. And what is the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist? And this can be anything from work stuff or personal stuff or whatever you want. Um, I'm trying to think here. Um, Probably the first time that we found a site was pretty exciting. Um, I think that just being able to work in my field is pretty much a feat in itself. (laughs) Um, So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Probably the best thing that's happened, though, is um, we I've done an educational program in Door County, Wisconsin, a few times where you get to work with middle school kids. And you actually get to, you know, let them dig in the ground and you go through the screen with them and they find we we were um, had a positive area. So we were finding some flakes and stuff. And to just to just see their excitement was really awesome. And you're able to share, you know, the thing that you're the most passionate about with students. And anytime kids are learning something, especially in our culture today, I think that's something to be celebrated. Okay, yeah, that's really awesome. I've uh, been getting more into checking out some public archaeology type stuff. And I think I think you're totally right. Anytime we can we can give back because we can't often give back in the way of our our work because a lot of it is client owned and and secretive and proprietary and 
so giving back in the way of instruction and, and, and showing people what we do is, is awesome. Oh yeah. And it, it's a, it's a really great program. The people that, um, run this location, um, and I wish I could tell you about it, but I forgot to email her to ask her if I could, <laughs> um, but um, the, the people that run this um, area are really excited about education and, and specifically science. Um, so it was awesome to be able to get out there with the students. I, I'm particularly excited about women and, and girls learning science and being excited about that. Um, so being able to be a woman and teaching this was, was probably the, the highlight of my career so far. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, okay. So what is the biggest thing that you would change that would make being a CRM professional better? <laughs> Um, this is probably not going to be a surprise at all, but, uh, <laughs> money, money is the big thing. Um, yep. I, am finishing my master's degree, so I feel like I should be treated as an academic professional mm-hmm. and, um, a lot of companies, the company that I get, uh, contracts for the most, uh, that right now pays really, really well, um, compared to some other CRM firms, including the one that I worked for last year. Um, but they, I mean, I, you know, if you're, an academic professional, I think that we should be treated, you know, the same as engineers and other professionals that work in the field. So yeah, absolutely. whether you're a tech or whatever. Right. Yeah, no, that's uh that is a common complaint. Uh, I mean, it's, and it's a totally valid one too. It's probably our biggest one as, as a mm-hmm. uh, CRM archaeologist. So, yeah. okay. And uh, what is your career goal in CRM? Where do you, where do you, what's your end game here? Um, well, my end game has always been to teach. Um, I, I would love to teach at the community college level um, or even um, at a public high school. Um, I substitute teach during the winter time, and I love, I, as I've said before, I love love teaching. Um, and I think that um, I would love to be able to teach um, either community college or high school and then run archaeology programs in the summer. Um, so that way you can, you know, get kids involved in science and, and not just the academic parts of it. I think CRM is the biggest employer of archaeologists. So I think that um, teaching students CRM specifically um, would be really important for their future careers if they wanted to go into archaeology. So, Cool, cool. Well, thinking like a teacher, yeah. uh, if you could give an undergrad thinking about CRM one piece of advice, what would it be? And only one piece of advice. Um, talk to somebody who's already in the field, even if it's somebody you don't know, (laughs) don't be afraid to email people with questions and and networking, even if you've never met them before. Um, but the biggest thing that I am currently lacking and trying to build on is that I got no soil science or geomorphology or geology or anything like that in archeology span program. And, um, I think that there's, that's, I think that seems to be a trend from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely take soil science and geology and anything that, any kind of earth science for the area that you want to work in. Um, so that way you can kind of be ahead of the curve on that. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because that's, that's been one thing I've always said about myself. At my undergrad, nobody told me to take geology classes or anything like that. And, right. uh, Pretty much everything I know, except for when I went to grad school, I took some fluvial geomorphology graduate course, which was way over the top, but <laughs> it was uh, it gave me a lot of good information. But yeah, as an undergrad, oh my god, I mean, a geology minor is almost a necessity for CRM. Right, and you know, and I think undergrads too. I know when I was an undergrad, I. I had, you know, big dreams and expectations about what I was going to do with my career. And I wanted to go to Egypt and like find something amazing, be on TV and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I think as an undergrad, um, 
I think that there a lot of us were kind of under that delusion of what our career was going to be. And so we took, I remember taking a lot of classes for different regions to try to learn as much as I could. Um, but even a semester long course in a specific region only gives you like the 5,000 foot view. I, I realized that I didn't know anything about archaeology until I got into my master's program, even though my bachelor's was in anthropology. So I, I think that, um, I think that maybe our universities need to kind of redefine and look at what their most likely careers are going to be for their graduates and kind of redefine and change some of their classes so that, you know, they can, you know, put out students that actually have some, some usable skills right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. If, if, if you don't, unless you go to a school that's specifically like, and I've, I've interviewed a few people from different programs that are specifically like CRM programs, and those are typically master's programs, not undergrad programs. So right. Your undergrad programs are so so generic that you're not prepared for anything. It seems, um, you know, that's that's a really good point. It's uh, they don't really prepare you for CRM, but they're not really preparing you for a career in academics either. It's almost like, well, this school wants an anthropology or archaeology program, so we're going to give you right. these courses. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the good thing was is that it gets people excited about science, <laughs> and yeah. I mean, and that's something that you know really can't be understated. Um, but you in in our market in our economy today. Anthropology and archaeology is literally the number one worst degree program you can go into. So I think we need to figure out a way to to market that better and to prepare people more for what's going to happen after you graduate. Right. I'm not. I would never deter somebody from going into this degree, but I would definitely tell them that they need to have something else on the side too. Like I love that I can work in archaeology, but I also teach and I also waitress, um, and I happen to like all those things too. So it's no, it's a lifestyle that I'm okay with. Um, but I would definitely tell an undergrad that they might need to try to think about what kind of lifestyle they want to have and see if that's realistic. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.